Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard know what love is it's episode number 73 of eric roberts is the fucking man the world's most jubilant eric roberts related podcast i'm doug tilly and joining me as usual is the master of the universe liam o'donnell how are you doing today liam uh, i am tired doug tired. what is it about this time of the year liam that you're so run down and you know tired and useless what's up well let's cl- let's useless let's mm-hmm. clarify something this time of the year is usually not that time of the year at all usually uh-huh. Mid-April, things are starting to look like hope and uh, and like there's a future and life in the universe. But this April, everything is still the frozen tundra of death and despair. Right. OK. I have to agree. I live in Canada, as uh, longtime listeners of the show know, and it's been just terrible. But somehow I've worst. been able to perk myself up here, Liam, and You're sound never- awake. No, 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 no. You're never not perky. You're always perky. Now, underneath that perkiness is like a, a unfathomable well of seething rage. But oh, yeah. over top of that rage is perkiness all the time. Yeah, it's perkiness fueled by anger, Liam. But that's okay. Something has to fuel our uh, ability to stay awake. But then again, I don't have to deal with a young child. And also your job, Liam, is also very uh, physically taxing. Is that correct? Yeah. I, you know, I work at a screen printer and I'm the guy who's counting in shirts, setting up the shirts to get printed, putting things on shelves and stuff. It's each task in and of itself is not that bad, but after a long day of it, it, it kind of wears me out a little bit, especially because I've been a nerd on a computer for four years. Right. So suddenly actually using my body for activities is a little challenging. I have a question, quick question for you, uh, Liam. So say I was going to get a t-shirt printed at Lehigh Valley apparel and see, I got it right the first time. And, and, I like I wanted to put like a big swear word on it or like how offensive would I be allowed to go before someone there might say, ah, you know what, we're not going to print that. Um, I mean, I can't I, I don't know that there's an official policy per se, mm-hmm. but I will say that just the other day, uh, a gentleman who uh, came in with a uh, shirt in support of our current president who. uh Who's that yeah. again? Sometimes I'm not really political, so I'm, I'm <laughs> up on these uh, things. Mr. Donald Trump. He came in oh, with a right. Trump support shirt and uh, happened to also be wearing a shirt that um, isn't obviously a white pride shirt. But if you know what it is, you know it is. And uh, my boss uh, encouraged him to depart the, the premises. So what did he say? I mean, I, we got to move on to our guests. But what did he say? I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I want to live through this. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was not necessarily uh, get fucked but it was something along the lines of we're not the establishment for you have a nice day all right liam yes sir okay shut up liam today's guest is a writer editor and podcaster you can find her on the screamcast splathouse podcast and the f this movie podcast it's stephanie crawford how you doing today stephanie hey not bad uh, I live in Las Vegas so it's 62 degrees at night right now I just thought I'd rub that in well, it, it feels rubbed in, but I appreciate it. Look, it's going to warm up. It's going to be nice eventually. It almost has to. But, Stephanie, 
The weather is not why we're here. Though, if we want to talk about the weather, we might. What we're here to talk about is Eric Roberts. I've heard, I've heard it through the grapevine, that Eric Roberts is your favorite actor. Would you, uh, would you confirm that here on the show? Oh, gosh, that's a big statement to just outright mm-hmm. confirm. But he's in the running. Okay. All right. Well, where do you when do you remember first hearing the name Eric Roberts and your life just kind of I mean, I'm not going to say that it made a massive improvement, but certainly things tasted better. The air smelled a little better, that sort of thing. Mm hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think uh, I first saw him and I was a little perturbed because men who have wide, sensuous lips tend to unnerve me a little bit mm-hmm. I instinctually don't trust them uh, so I had to do my research with him I found out he was in the illustrious Roberts family I understood his mouth was not his fault I shouldn't hold that against him uh, so I dove into his filmography here and there throughout the years and I think uh, seeing star 80 was when I was mm-hmm. like alright I get it I, I get it with this guy <laughs> So I want to follow up, uh, follow up with what you just said a moment ago, which is that you do not trust men with thick, lustrous lips. Now, right. I want you to name, say, three examples throughout pop culture history of men who are untrustworthy because of their lips. Oh, this is rough because I think mm-hmm. what planted this seed was uh, the old Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies cartoons uh-huh. where they'd really <laughs> exaggerate them. And they'd always be antagonizing Bugs Bunny. So... I, I could name a bunch of classic actors that just had very cruel caricatures as cartoons, but that's where it stems from. Liam, what do you think about lips? Do you, is that something, a feature on a man or a woman that you notice, say, in the first two things that you see on a person? I don't know if it's the first two things, but very quickly, yeah. I mean, lips are pretty important to someone's face structure. and I, but I But I mostly notice them when they, in their extremity. So, like, if someone has... Uh, insanely full lips or has somehow missed the lips gene altogether. Those two things I notice more. Do you, do you uh, like Steph here, do you connect someone's trustworthiness with the fullness of their lips? No, although as soon as she said that Looney Tunes caricature, I knew exactly what she was talking about, though I forget the name of the actor that they're... Um... Are we thinking of Edward G. Robinson? That's yeah, who I think that's of first. what it was. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, Liam, can... Sorry, Liam, not to interrupt, but can I hear your Edward G. Robinson impression? I don't think I have one. Can I hear your Edward G. Robinson impression? Well, all you got to do is basically just do a Chief Wiggum from The Simpsons, right? It's a little bit hard. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, see? See, that's not bad. That's a pretty good. Pretty good Edward G. Robinson. Steph, can we hear your Edward G. Robinson? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just squinting really hard. (laughs) No, that works too, yeah. It was coming through. So anyway, let's move away from untrustworthy men and focus on something a little bit more positive, which is that of the date of this recording, the day before this, which would have been April 18th, would have been and was (laughs) Eric Roberts' 62nd birthday, which is extremely exciting. This is the first Eric Roberts' birthday that Liam and I have experienced since actually meeting Eric Roberts and getting to spend time with him. It feels a little like Liam. Like, we're part of the Eric Roberts family. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt very connected to it, and I kind of was thinking, like, I hope he's doing something nice for himself on this special day. 
Well, he wasn't tweeting as much as usual. I'm hoping that he was instead spending that time with his family or going out to a nice dinner. Steph, how did you celebrate the Eric Roberts birthday? Oh, gosh. How didn't I celebrate it? I'll tell Uh you. I tried to take off work. They weren't having it. I'm going to have to talk to a supervisor about that. But, uh, you know, I, well... I did watch the ambulance with the Larry uh, Cohen commentary yesterday. Another good friend of ours, Larry, Larry Cohen, <laughs> particularly particularly a good friend of Liam's. But uh, <laughs> we're real close. <laughs> but, but that's terrific. That's a great way to spend it. And you know, I'll if you want, I will call up your HR department and have a little discussion about next year's Eric Roberts holiday, uh, just to make sure that there's no uh, confusion as the day approaches itself. But what a wonderful way to celebrate Eric Roberts' birthday. And we, of course, here at Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, want to wish a very happy birthday to Eric Roberts and to his entire extended family. And again, I think, Liam, that we hope to see him again very soon, don't we? Yeah, that would be great. Uh, uh, I don't know if we'll have a, you know, middle birthday present for him by then, but, you know, it is to be good to see him. I think next time we should hang out at his place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to see the Squirrel Sanctuary. I'm very interested in that. The Squirrel Sanctuary, Liam. I'm glad you brought that up. That is also something I'm very excited about. Hey, that's another reason that we're all looking forward to spring, because that's when the squirrels come out, Liam. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> but sure. I mean, my cats seem excited about that. All right. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Instead of talking about birthdays or untrustworthy men, I think it's time to talk about all the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. <laughs> It's the Roberts Report for episode number 73 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow birthday boy Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. Going back to April 16th, uh, Eric Roberts tweeted, To my seatmate on the flight to L.A., I was meant to be in 12. (laughs) Did I... (laughs) Did I sit in 11 by mistake? <laughs> I mean, this is this this is classic Eric Roberts. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, I'm trying to guess the tone of this. I can't tell if it's playful, if he's fucking with some guy for some reason, or if he was like legitimately somewhat ashamed that someone might have been looking at him strange for the entire flight. Like, you're in my seat, Eric Roberts. Uh, Steph, have you ever gotten onto an airplane mm-hmm. and seen that somebody was sitting in the seat that you were supposed to have. I sure have. What was your response? I'm very curious. Well, I tweeted to them mm-hmm. and then I, I kind of held it out like a platter and just leaned <laughs> it towards them. And I'm, I, I tried to make meaningful eye contact towards them. And I'm, I'm with Eric Roberts on this. It's a classy way to, to settle everything. Because <laughs> inevitably... Right inevitably this person would be following Eric Roberts on Twitter. So, I mean, I think, again, it is a pretty smooth way to take care of the whole thing. Now, Liam, are you a frequent... Oh, sorry, Liam, are you going to jump in with a comment? Yeah, I I need a little bit of clarification here. Well, we can call up Eric if you want. (laughs) No, 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 no. In my brain, in my brain, in most most planes, the number is Mm -hmm. the row. Yes. And the letter is the seat. Oh, correct. So I'm confused what the fuck 
12 and 11 means. Well, it, maybe well, maybe that's actually, maybe you're un, un, uh, furling a secret here, Liam, because uh, can you unfurl a secret? Because maybe what he's talking about isn't that he was sitting in the wrong uh, seat. He might have been in the wrong row entirely. Oh. Also the wrong seat. Wow. I don't know. I, just, I The whole thing is confusing to me because, again, um, I as, as a very direct person, I don't know. If I had this thought later of <laughs> I, maybe I was in the wrong row, I guess, honestly, this is having now met him. This is for um, us. This is right. He knows this is a ridiculous thing. He probably <laughs> what he got on the plane. He said it to Eliza. She laughed and he thought, well, if it made her laugh, I might as well put it on Twitter. <laughs> well, Liam, just briefly, I would like to role play this situation. Sure. You can be Eric Roberts. I will sure. be an exasperated guest who has gotten onto the plane. And uh, this is me. I'm, wa- I'm putting my uh, baggage into the overhead compartment. Good space. And I lean down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sir? Uh, excuse me. Sir? Sir? <laughs> I don't know what Eric Roberts is saying in this moment. I don't know how to be Eric Roberts in this moment. Uh, stewardess, there's a lunatic here who's screaming that he doesn't know what Eric Roberts would say right now. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, sir, 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 um, Bobby, they took my sir. thumbs and scene. Very good, Liam. <laughs> I, I think I, that's probably how it played out in real life. <laughs> I mean, other than telling a weird or possibly dirty joke, I don't know how to do an impression of Eric Roberts. Well, you got to get Southern and you got to get slow, right? Like that. Actually, it's kind of Matthew McConaughey. But I think a lot of people think that Eric Roberts sounds a little like Matthew McConaughey. Do you agree with that, Liam? I would like Matthew McConaughey. No, he's too old now. I would have liked Matthew McConaughey to play Eric Roberts in like a biopic. You know who people say looks like a young Eric Roberts, Liam? Who's that? Jonathan Rice Myers. Yeah, I 100%. But again, he's getting a little old depending on how much of Eric Roberts' life we're going to cover in this movie. Well, I mean, that's I didn't necessarily think a biopic, but it could be just, you know, the younger character that he's playing. Steph, I want to focus on you for a second. Could you do a Matthew McConaughey impression for us? Mm, gosh, no. Okay. All right. Now, back on Wait. April 9th. Mm-hmm. I could play Eric Roberts. Don't be ageist at me, Liam. Holy How's shit, that? Liam. I don't, we don't even need Eric Roberts back on the show. We've got the number one Eric Roberts. Actually, that was a pretty strong Eric Roberts impression. I'm actually a little surprised. <laughs> I'm a little overwhelmed by this Eric Roberts content that we have here. But speaking of overwhelmed, Liam, back on April 9th, Eric Roberts was experiencing a quandary on Twitter. This is a series of tweets, which I will read in chronological order. This is Eric Roberts speaking. <laughs> he didn't rewrite that part. That's me now speaking as Eric Roberts. First, there is someone posing as me, asking for money. Please know I would never, ever ask for money. So if you come across that, no matter how legit it looks, it is fake and dangerous. Hashtag dangerous. Let everyone know. Thank you, friends. <laughs> he then... Sorry. <laughs> he then followed that up with, Does anyone have any idea how to reach these people? Their legal department? Thank you, guys. Facebook.com slash app. The dangerous scam is being run through them. So I don't know what High Five app is, but it sounds like Eric Roberts is very, very upset at them. And he finished this series of tweets by saying, How do I reach you? Someone has set up a fake profile of me on your site and is stealing money from people at High Five. I need to be in touch right away, please. 
Thank you. You know, I think Liam is sometimes that the thing I like most about Eric Roberts and his tweeting style is that it reminds me of the late artist Prince. How about yourself? <laughs> um, I like that he knows you can go to Twitter to sort of get help, <laughs> but he's never quite sure how to request for that help. So he just shoots things off into the air. But to be fair, I do that, too. So I, I yeah. kind of feel him a little bit. Sometimes it's the fastest way to get satisfaction if you are followed by a lot of people, right? Because the the company will take notice and be like, oh, shit, we got to take care of this fast because people how, are watching. How sketchy do we think High Five as an app is on a scale of, like, Facebook being on one end and Chatterbait being on the other? What do we think of High Five? Where does it fall on that spectrum? I'm going to throw that over to Steph because I've never heard of a High Five app before. I'm not familiar with it either, but I did notice that Eric hashtagged dangerous in one tweet and he didn't <laughs> hashtag in the other one. So I think he's covering as many bases as possible here. And even with the Prince U's and B's, uh, I, I think we should take it seriously. Well, Three I've tweets gone over in a to- row. Uh, yeah, well, I think the world took it seriously. I haven't heard anything, any follow-up in regards to it. I'm over to HighFive.com right now. It's a, apparently the social network for meeting new people, Happy Face. Millions oh, of people are ha- finally! Yep. Oh, thank <laughs> Christ. Not old people. Millions of people are having fun and making new friends on High Five every day. You I, can, I, too. I, I immediately am skeptical. <laughs> it's thousands of people that I, I'm in, but. Well, if you if you download the High Five app on Google Play, it says meet, chat, and flirt. You can meet, chat, and flirt with Eric Roberts, Liam. So, Doug, let's say we're in our lair and we're okay. bad. We're bad people, mm-hmm. and we're trying to figure out how we're going to scam folks out of money on an app that no one's heard of. Uh-huh. How do we land on Eric Roberts? What is our thought process that we go? You know, who people give money to. <laughs> Eric Roberts. Like, I don't even know how we get there. I feel like we must have already tried a lot of people. Neil Patrick Harris, George Clune. No, no one's giving me money. money. I think of it this way, Liam, which is that, okay, I'm going to loan you money, Liam O'Donnell, right? And I know that you are currently working uh, at an exhausting job making t-shirts or something. And you, because you're working, you could theoretically pay me back, right? It, it, it makes it a little easier for me to loan you that money because I know you're working. And who works more often than Eric Roberts? It's like his defining characteristic. He's always working. He must be the safest bet to loan money to. So, I mean, I think that's how it would work out for me. I'd be like, I'm filming three movies with David Dakota and I'm running a little short on money. Of course, the money's going to come in later. So why don't you loan me $10,000 and wire it to me uh, at my address in Nigeria? And then I'll pay you back in like six weeks. But only every third person knows who Eric Roberts is. <laughs> that is untrue. <laughs> I mean, I would fall for it. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll out myself. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, like, maybe this person. It? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, I'll right? See, nobody. You just need to have a few insights into the person's life, and you can convince anyone that you're anybody, Liam. That's why it's such a scary, wonderful time to be on the internet. Liam, haven't you ever pretended to be someone you're not? No. You know what's funny? (laughs) Now that I think about it, remember that back in, say, 2006, I think it was, Eric Roberts did a Lifetime movie with Anne Heche? Remember this? Yeah. And it was it was about people chatting and pretending to be people that they weren't actually. And then it led to Anne Heche getting him to murder somebody for her or something along those lines. And I think it was also based on a true story. It There was like some sort of identity stealing going on, just like Eric Roberts is experiencing in real life. It's like movies have become real life, Liam. 
I mean, that was already a real life thing, though. Steph, what do you think about <laughs> Lifetime movies? I think they're great. Do you have any favorites? Um, I I like it when cheerleaders are murdered or they do the mm-hmm. murdering. I like cheerleader centric storytelling. I think in that's general. Fair. It's a pretty sweet genre, I would say. Do you have a favorite cheerleader based movie? It doesn't have to be Lifetime. Could be any movie. Oh, uh, let's see. What's the Tori spelling? That's it. But uh, is that the Adventures of the S- Mom Texas cheerleader? Nope. I don't know. That's Macaulay <laughs> Hunter, right? That's a good That's... one. <laughs> Almost had it. <laughs> uh, Liam, cheerleaders. Yeah, they exist. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Actually, I, before I look, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Some of the news items we have are boring, and I'm just going to skip over them. Though I saw, I do want to get your thoughts just generally. Do you think, Liam, you know, yeah. this is 2018. Are we past the need for cheerleaders? Huh. I, huh. I mean, in professional sports, they do seem um, to be a, a superfluous in the sense that how many of those thousands of people in the stadium can even see them and know that? You know what I mean? Like, if you're at a, if are they? Are a, they? Sorry, sorry, Liam. Are they for the people in the stadium, or are, are they for the players to motivate them? I mean, no, no, no. The, the, the Doug, they're literally mm-hmm. leaders of cheers. The fucking oh, that's players right. aren't cheering, man. The crowd cheers, so they're there to lead Liam, you in a cheer. Liam, I get what you're saying, and I agree 100%. You're right. In retrospect, what I said was kind of dumb, but you're being a little aggressive at me right now. So why don't you just, why don't you just turn that it, down a I'm couple of times? I'm just saying it's be aggressive. Yeah, be, it's, be it's, so it's, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's in the, all I'm saying is it's in the name. It's in the very title itself. So, uh, sorry, I don't know if I got an answer on whether you think we're past cheerleaders as a profession. Uh, I mean, <laughs> definitely as a profession, as something that people do in high school. I don't, I don't know, but uh, as a profession, yeah, I don't know. I, I they're not needed, right? I, I don't, I, okay. I don't really. All right, I'm gonna go over to Steph with the same question because Liam is literally falling all over himself to not offend people right now. Steph, <laughs> what do you think? Are we through? Are we through with cheerleaders? Do we need them? Uh, you know what? I saw a story the other day where a cheerleader got fired because she had like story. a bikini picture on her private yeah. Instagram. And she mentioned like, you know, the players don't have any rules like we do. And so I I don't want anyone to lose their job just because I might say, oh, we don't need cheerleaders. Who cares? Mm. I would like to see a cheerleader uprising. And I think we're ripe for it. All right. Just think it over. They could they could take this uh, profession into their hands and mold it, maybe make it a little more aggressive, you know, still positive, (laughs) get the crowd pumped. But uh, I yeah, I think it's their time. It's their time. Well, we're going to find out how funky their chicken are and how loose their gooses is. But I also my wife was listening to an interview with that cheerleader that you were just referring to, and she mentioned that. The cheerleaders were not allowed to follow any of the players on Twitter, and they had to block all the players that were following them. That's part of the rules of being a cheerleader for these teams, because the idea is that these men on these teams are so sexually aggressive that they literally can't help themselves. And I mean, it's just such a disgusting idea. But of course, that's not the cheerleader's fault. It's no. Probably the, yeah. And if they're in a restaurant and they see a player come in, they have to leave it. They, they have can't. to leave it. 
yeah, they can't eat at the same place as a player. So they have to like yeah. learn who the players are. It's insane. Yeah, these archaic. I take it back. Rules. Burn it all down. Burn it all down. You know what? Burn the players first, and then let the cheerleaders decide what they want to do. Maybe they'll want to continue to be cheerleaders. Maybe they can just cheer for themselves. I think Liam that we should all be cheering for ourselves a little bit more. But you know what I'm cheering for, Liam? Yes. The release of Beverly Hills Bandits. Yeah. The latest movie by Vitali Versace. It opened just this past weekend at select theaters. This is a comedy film. Now, Liam, you might remember that it had a different title previously. Do you remember what that title was? Oh, uh, uh, Homie Alone? Yep. Yeah, previously titled Homie Alone, which is nowhere in this press release. This comedy film, a takeoff on Home Alone, will be screened at uh, places that you probably can't get to, uh, listeners of this uh, show. But it does mean that it's being released, which means that we might be able to see it soon. This article says Versace is a screenwriter and director who splits his time between Cleveland and Los Angeles. <laughs> who gives a shit? He has shot movies in the Youngstown area in the past and often works with Valley residents. But the reason I posted this is not only that it mentions that Eric Roberts, an Oscar-nominated act- actor, is in the cast, as we all know, and is apparently also an executive producer on the movie. I love that it says here, Hollywood actor Ron Jeremy plays a criminal who is helping the two bandits. Now, when you think, Steph of the actor Ron Jeremy, a.k.a. The Hedgehog, do you for first think Hollywood actor? Well, you know what? I have to say I probably do. I haven't... Oh! Uh, I, I'm not that familiar with his work that made a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to see him in stunt casting in big That's Hollywood true. pictures. So, yeah, to me, he's a Hollywood star. Absolutely. He- he has regularly appeared in recent years with Eric Roberts in a variety of projects, including Liam. Remember After School Special? Oh, yes. It was magical. It was a complete piece of garbage starring Ron Jeremy the Hedgehog and Eric Roberts. But no, you know what, Steph? I'm glad that you were honest. You're right. I think in recent years, maybe a lot of people uh, uh, distanced from his pornographic film career maybe do think of him as a Hollywood actor. Now, Liam, you're old, like me. So you probably still think of Ron Jeremy uh, for his previous career. I mean, that's what comes to mind when I think of Ron Jeremy, yeah. <laughs> Don't care to elaborate on that at all, eh? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not – when I think of him, I think of him as a famous porn star. Mostly famous, I assume, because he's not uh, traditionally the aesthetic values we hold men to. Certainly not anymore. Fair? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and then like that—that that sort of uh, that's that cultural uh, value gets him into movies. Like again, stunt casting. But uh, but yeah, I don't think of him as much as as an actor because I only assume he gets those roles because he's Ron Jeremy, not because they're like he went in an audition. They're like, man, you really nailed that. Like you, this is the right thing for you. You know, Liam, I've got some exciting news. What's that? Well, you see, normally at this part of the Roberts Report, we would talk about a movie recently added to Eric Roberts' ever-expanding IMDb page. However, we're doing things a little different because Steph has decided to choose a secondary project for us to watch on this episode. And instead of devoting an entire segment to it, we're going to talk about it right now, Liam. How do you feel? Yes. Very excited. Yes. Well, this might temper that excitement a little bit. The project that we're going to discuss first is an episode of the classic television sitcom, Frasier. Specifically, it's season four, episode 15's 
Roz's Krantz and Goldenstein are dead. Um, obviously, a play on the uh, classic uh, play, Tom Stoppard play, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Uh, I actually can't remember what those names refer to in the context of the episodes. I'm sure you'll enlighten me. But here is the plot of the episode. Roz, the character on the show, Frasier, is sentenced to community service for a speeding ticket. Visiting elderly people in a retirement home, she panics when one and then another another of her charges dies suddenly. So yeah, so this is an episode of Frasier, the uh, the delightfully fussy sitcom with the spinoff of the uh, of the eighties and early nineties uh, uh, sitcom Cheers. For those who are not in the know, starring Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce, this episode features Eric Roberts in a small role. Steph, since you chose it for us, who does Eric Roberts play in this uh, episode? Uh, Eric Roberts uh, plays the memorable fellow Chet. Chet. Now, uh, for those who are not familiar with Frasier, it had sort of a running thing where famous celebrities would play uh, callers in to the radio show that Frasier hosts in the sitcom. So you'd hear famous voices, and then sometimes you wouldn't know who they were, and you'd watch the closing credits, and you'd discover, hey, that's Eric Roberts' Chet. I didn't even recognize him. Uh, now, this episode also has some other famous faces on display, including uh, the great Lois Smith, who is still actually with us, and James Earl Jones, who is with us as well. In fact, why would I even say that they're still with us, except for the fact that they play old people? Now, we're not going to linger on Frasier here or this episode, but uh, especially because the Chet appearance is, is all of 30 seconds long. But I want to get first, Liam, I want to start with you. What did you think of this episode of Frasier? And what do you think of Frasier in general? Oh, um, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a huge Frasier fan. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Maybe I would feel differently if I revisited it. But um, when I was a kid, I always found it not very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching this didn't necessarily change my mind at all. I kind of like Frazier's dad. I've always liked Frazier's dad as a character. Rest um, in peace. Yeah, I think I think he's he's pretty good. But the rest of the show is, I, I, I mean, I'm not a huge sitcom person anyway, so I guess that probably biases me. But none of the jokes are for me particularly funny. And there's the this particular episode. It, it has. You know, this scenario where basically uh, Frazier's a little bit he, – he's there to give this advice to Roz to, like, help her to um, not be afraid of old people and death right. and, and mm-hmm. whatever. But then he also is in a situation where he uh, breaks something of uh, James Earl Jones's and then he isn't honest about it and then he is honest about it. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to find this heartwarming or – some sort of moral whatever, but uh, it it just doesn't appeal to me, and and I and I don't know uh, if it's just because I don't find it that funny, or I, I kind of don't like Kelsey Grammer. He just has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So, is it is it because of his uh, perception as a, uh, a one of the rare uh, right wing celebrities that are out there, Liam? Is that is that do you think that contributes to your feelings towards him? No, I didn't know that about him. I don't know anything about him. Uh, other oh than <laughs> other than Cheers, Frasier, and uh, the Beast, uh, regrettably. And Sideshow Bob. But enough about you, Liam, and enough about Sideshow Bob. Steph, same questions to you. What did you think of this episode, and what are your thoughts on the character of Dr. Frasier Crane? Well, I do enjoy the show Frasier. Mm. Uh, you might call me a bit of a fanger, as we call ourselves. <laughs> I don't ah! think so. Anyway, it doesn't sound right no? to me. <laughs> 
No, it sure doesn't. I, I thought I'd try it out. I but no, I think I, we call ourselves Fraser heads. I know that's not very uh, interesting or a play on words, but come on, wouldn't you want to be a Fraser head? So could I use Fraser? <laughs> Sorry. No. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I like Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so. Uh, what I enjoyed about this episode is, unfortunately, they don't share any scenes together because Eric Roberts is just a voice in it. But it did reunite him with James Earl Jones. That's best right. That's the ambulance. Like this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm wondering what, like behind the scenes, if he's like James Earl Jones. Like, hey, let me call him up. He'll, he'll be great. He'll what be- would that sound like? What would that sound like if, if uh, James yep. Earl Jones was to, to, to call up Eric Roberts? Kel- Kelsey. This just feels offensive. I am Kels. <laughs> no, this, this is good. Man. This is close. <laughs> I I see you need a spitfire in the script here. Uh, young Eric Roberts, I think, uh, could really bring Chet to life, and um, it, it'd be a lot of fun. And scene. <laughs> No, no, I got to do my Kelsey Grammer as Frasier response. Okay. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah you see? You see? I am Frasier. And scene. So, what did you think of this particular episode? You were saying that you weren't so sure about it because of the James Earl Jones, uh, Eric Roberts, they do not get to share a time together. No, I, I thought... Uh, it was great that they just occupied the same episode. Uh, I, I'm a grown-up. I can understand they weren't actually able to film together. I, I understand how these Hollywood things work. Uh, so I, I'm just happy to see their names together like that. Um, overall, I, it's not one of the best Frasier episodes. I think Liam was right. With the moral was a little confused. Uh, it's cute and i liked eric roberts uh basically told uh frazier off <laughs> that that's always a good time right there so so the joke with eric roberts character chet he calls in as a someone who has already talked to dr fraser crane in the past and he's telling him basically a follow-up of how it's went so his problem was that he wasn't aggressive enough but now after talking to Dr. Fraser Crane on the radio, he's too aggressive, and it ends, as you mentioned, Steph, with him telling off Fraser, and it's a hilarious joke. Everyone has a really good time with it. The audience, which, by the way, I haven't heard a studio audience on a sitcom in a really long time, they loved it. They thought it was the funniest goddamn thing that they've ever heard in their entire life. They really did seem to enjoy themselves watching this episode of Fraser, and you know what? I had a pretty good time with it. There's such a professional cast in this, and even though I do find Kelsey Grammer's uh, political positioning reprehensible, I think he's a great comedic actor. Like He's really, really good, and he squeezes humor because he's exactly like that upper crust, uh, stuffy character that you want to see embarrassed, and the show is all about him getting embarrassed again and again and again. And even though there is a shoehorned lesson about telling the truth, as if it's some fucking TGIF Friday <laughs> sitcom from the mid-90s, it, that bit of truthiness comes with the voice of James Earl Jones, so it all feels like it kind of evens out in the end. I had a good time. I had a good time. That's how I really feel about it. But before we head into our first break, I got to ask you two questions very, very quickly. Starting with you, Liam. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in the episode of Frasier that we just watched? 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> being a call. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, being a uh, uh, being a calling guest on Frasier is the sort of gig you get because people know who you are and you matter, even if the thing itself is. He just calls in and he's angry. It's it's a, not even that funny of a goof. But getting the opportunity to do it is something the man gets to do. So, yeah, I, he sounded like he had fun with it. I'm into it. Steph, is Eric Roberts the fucking man on Frasier? Definitely. I fully agree with that. And I've never met a Chet in my life. Uh, but, man, he made me believe that there are some Chets out there. And that meant a lot to me. Oh, good. Now, before we go to our first break, and I know we're all itching to do it, let me just list off a couple of famous names that have called into Frasier on the TV show Frasier. It includes uh, Patty Hearst called in, Tommy Hilfiger, James Spader did, Sandra D, Art Garfunkel, Liam, Art Garfunkel, Kevin Bacon, Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. John Lithgow, who, uh, of course, appeared in our most recent episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, and by appeared i mean he appeared in the movie we talked about carrie fisher the late carrie fisher liam terry gar billy crystal jody foster etc etc well there's one more name to add to that list and that's eric roberts who is the fucking man in the episode of fraser that we watched for this episode it's a special bonus feature bonus but now we need to take our first break because when we return we need to talk about one of eric roberts favorite of his own movies, as he said to us on stage live in front of a group of people, it's 1994's Love is a Gun. We'll talk about that right after this. Photographer who's afraid he's slowly losing his grip on reality is seduced by a disturbed married model. She claims it's their destiny to be together. Her husband disagrees. The photographer starts having a strange feeling of deja vu. It's Love is a Gun from the year 1994, written and directed by David Hartwell. Uh, again, this is two episodes in a row where the director has a very kind of limited IMDb filmography. The only other directorial credit that's listed is an uh, episode of the Superboy TV series from 1988. Not much out there about David Hartwell, which is a little bit of a shame. It's a very interesting movie, despite that kind of uh, boring sounding or straightforward sounding plot description. This is uh, in no way 
a, a straightforward movie. In fact, it feels a little bit more like a movie that would have come out in the late 90s where you kind of have that twist at the end. Though I will say, after having lived through the late 90s and early 2000s where every movie had a twist, uh, it was not hard to guess that this movie was eventually going to have some kind of twist. Also has a very interesting cast, and we're going to get into them in just a little bit. But first, I need to ask you, Steph, before we uh, came back from the break, you were saying that you thought Liam and I were like the odd couple. Could you elaborate on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So you have mm-hmm. a, a very effervescent, outgoing fella. Uh-huh. And then when you listen to you guys, visually, it's kind of like you're, you have him by the hand and he's kind of reluctant. You keep tugging him along. You're like, hey, look at that. Hey, buddy, over here. He's like, Okay. Yeah, I suppose that's fine. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I just think it's delightful. You know what we're kind of like? We mentioned uh, uh, Looney Tunes a little earlier. Liam, do you know those Looney Tunes cartoons where there's, there's like the little dog who won't shut up and then there's the big tough dog and he's like they're kind of palling around together? And I'm yeah. like the little dog. I'm like the little dog who keeps up the chatter and you're the big dog who just he never talks, never has anything interesting to say, just kind of bores everyone around him. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to go with there's always the big, dumb uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. enforcer guy, and then there's the smart, smaller one who is a little abrasive, but is really the one that's in charge and that secretly <laughs> is like behind all the things. All right. So which one of those are you in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> Not the giant one, you fucking jolly green giant Canadian all monster. Right. You're right, a big yeah. man. I, okay. I think you can – Tone those insults down a little bit. Very aggressive on this show, Liam, and I'm not. I feel like it, I saying say. you're tall is not an insult. The first time I hugged you, I I felt like it might give people the wrong idea. You get, you called me the Jolly Green Giant, sir. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude. What is he a bad yeah. dude in Canada? What's wrong with you people? Yeah, he, he stole the ho 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 the boys and girls. <laughs> he stole the ho 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 from Santa Claus, who lives at the North Pole here in Canada. I you, you lost me. You see, in the commercials, he says, ho, ho. Anyway, moving on to Love is a Gun from the year 1994. Staying with you, Steph, what did you think of 1994's Love is a Gun? Uh, I simply can't answer that, Doug. Sure you can. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I might have dreamt this. I might have taken some cold medicine, although I don't recall doing that. Mm -hmm. Woken up a few times, dreamt this up, and... Now I'm confused because it seems like the same thing happened to you two. Does this movie exist? Mm. I just need that established. I can say that if it doesn't, yeah, no, we're still here. (laughs) I, I can say, I can say that if it doesn't exist, we're all sharing the same dream with you, Steph. So we might as well just talk about this movie that you may or may not have watched. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it's a little wacky. It's a little Mm -hmm. out there. It's a little different. Um, Yeah, it's firmly, you know, it's striving for that kind of 90s erotic thriller uh, that was so big at the time. And I, ooh, I I just don't know what happened beyond that. (laughs) You you have, you know, you have a a good amount of that gumbo, uh, a good amount of the ingredients is in there, but I, somebody snuck some ice cream and I don't know, some Drano in there at the same mm-hmm. time. So <laughs> it resembles uh, a work of the genre, but gosh, you know? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That's where gosh. I am right now. I'm right there with you. This is a gosh 
worthy movie. I, I said gosh out loud several times while watching it. Again, you're right. It kind of does fit into that erotic thriller, you know, early to mid-90s thing, just like uh, some of our recent features on Eric Roberts and the Fucking Men have. But it takes it into kind of a weird, maybe post-Tarantino era. And it also, I felt uh, well, several times... Yes, I feel please. like I feel like the movie you're you're reaching for is Jacob's Ladder. I was just about to say Jacob's Ladder. I have it written on the fucking page in front of you, Liam. Thank you very much. I Thank you for stealing. I wasn't my insulting you. I was trying you're to help reaching you out. for the ladder. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it reminds me a lot of Jacob's Ladder. In fact, it reminds me of it a little too much because it kind of steals a little bit from the the kind of tone of Jacob's Ladder, except. I also think that it's going for a lot of dark humor, which you don't really get in Jacob's Ladder. There's a lot of kind of black comedy on display, particularly in the character of Arlie Ermey, the, the, who just passed away this last week. We'll talk about him in just a moment. But Liam, I want to get your thoughts. I believe that you enjoyed this movie a little more than Steph. Um, yeah, I mean, as you have sort of pointed out in the past, you, we watch a variety of movies on this podcast. And what I liked about this one is that it was pretty... Actually, this isn't true. It it was pretty um, discernible in its incoherence. So, like, yes, things shift a lot. There's weird editing, whatever. But this is all on purpose. It's at no point watching this did I think they just forgot. Like, there's a moment where someone's showing him where to uh, take pictures in a car homicide. And then mm -hmm. the person who's telling him just shifts to a different person. That just just changes just in one cut. It cuts. It's a woman. It cuts away. It's a, it's the guy. What was the gentleman's name? Actually, I forgot his name. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, you just said his name. Oh, Eric Roberts' character. No, um, Arlie Ermy. Yeah. It it cut. There's a scene where it cuts from a woman to him, such that it has to be a dream or a delusion or something's going on there. Um, in other films we've watched, I might think that was an editing mistake. And what was refreshing about this movie <laughs> is that I was pretty clear this was on purpose, that we – that <clears throat> basically Eric Roberts' connection to reality is shifting. And unfortunately, in my opinion, uh, as you said with Jacob's Ladder, there's a chance – though the movie never clarifies, but there's a chance yeah. that this is a Jacob's Ladder thing, that basically Eric Roberts is going to be reliving this moment – where he may or may not shoot himself uh, over and over again until he decides not to shoot himself. Yeah, and, I was confused one, when Macaulay Culkin showed up at the end and brought Eric Roberts to heaven. Yeah, that was a very yeah, especially <laughs> because it was he was so much older. And, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, and he was like, "Hey, I really loved Homie Alone," and then they just walked to heaven. <laughs> um, that part I like. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty sick. That's where it won me. No, but I mean, at a certain point, um, your man even says this is purgatory. And yeah, I they know. wanted you to think that. It's true, but it's also the way they play it at the end. It could not. It could possibly not be that as well. Like yeah. that's and 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 also. Um, side note, was anyone else the anxiety when they were putting him in the ambulance at the end? Some party was kind of like, there's going to be a stinger. There's going to be some sort of zing thing at the end. Oh, my gosh. But then there wasn't anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think, OK, so it's trying to tell a little bit of a disjointed story. And it's it's definitely borrowing from that uh, Jacob's Ladder thing, which is, is this real? Is he having a mental breakdown or is there something supernatural going on? But for me, the way it ended you could read it as 
ambiguous in a fun way like oh who knows it's up to you to decide but i read it more as like uh we don't know how to end this tonally very well so all of the stuff that happened that felt supernatural or possibly um not real you know Mm -hmm. whether you can put it in one category supernatural or in another category delusional but either way it the way it ends felt to me like none of that shit mattered that all that right. mattered was, you know, the real, real. And so, I don't know. That that left <laughs> me a little unhappy with how it resolved. But still, it was entertaining. And honestly, Eric Roberts was great. Like, I just loved him in this. We'll definitely talk about Eric Roberts. And I agree. I actually think this might be like a, a top 10 Eric Roberts performance. I think he's terrific here. He's also not playing a stock Eric Roberts character. He's doing something very, very different. But I do want to kind of focus a little more on that idea about whether what we're seeing in this movie is reality, if it is some sort of purgatory, if he's supposed to be dead the whole time. I think there's a way to interpret it that that is what's occurring. I mean, there is a small bit of information uh, outside of Eric Roberts' repeated kind of surreal dreams that he has, but like the rash that appears on Kelly uh, Kelly Preston's back and, and palm. I mean, that it's such a strange little detail and it really kind of keeps you guessing. And I don't think it's ever supposed to give you a satisfactory answer. And Liam, you mentioned the ending. I don't think we should go into ending into great detail, not because I worry about the spoiler aspect, but because it doesn't really make a lot of sense without a lot of the contextual things that happen after it. But the ending wraps up almost too neatly, right? All the characters that were uh, were chasing after Eric Roberts, it all resolves so he can kind of move on with his life, that his, cl- his watch starts moving again. It's just a very strange, it seems like it's even surreal in a different way than what came before it, but still, still does not feel like a reality that I necessarily recognize. But now we need to turn to someone that we don't talk about enough on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And that is Eliza Roberts, the wife of actor Eric Roberts. We have mentioned her a number of times in the past. She shows up a lot in Eric Roberts projects, but for the purposes of this show, we've never seen her have a as significant a performance in an Eric Roberts movie as she has here. Now, uh, you might not be as familiar, Steph, with Eliza Roberts. She played uh, Isabel, the sort of on-again, off-again uh, uh, girlfriend of Eric Roberts in this movie. What did you think of her performance here? I thought she was fantastic. Um, she was uh, by far the most grounding force in the film. Mm. Um, it it changed a little bit as the film went on, but she was almost the voice of the audience of like, no, this doesn't make sense. You're being ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> she... Uh, she was wonderful, and they have great chemistry, which seems kind of obvious, but that uh, doesn't always translate to the screen. And she was just beautiful and natural, and she didn't take any shit from nobody. She was great. She was a lot of fun to watch. I liked how realistic her frustration was with him. <laughs> yes. Where, where he, I mean, let's face it. Eric Roberts' character in this movie is a complete asshole. And also, like, seems very Several aware. handfuls, yes. Absolutely. Right. And he he cheats on her and uh, refuses to admit it and then admits it. And then like he keeps getting caught in his own lies. He keeps getting sucked down this hole, but then he keeps coming back to her. It's actually a pretty familiar character from from probably, you know, we've we've met people like that in our own lives, Uh, people who are so flawed but have a certain level of charisma. But I think that she plays 
this character of someone who was obviously totally in love with him, but also completely exasperated by his behavior. I think she plays it incredibly well. I was actually shocked at how good she was here. And I think that's a little unfair to her that I just haven't given uh, Eliza Roberts as an actress the amount of respect that she probably deserves. Liam, what did you think of her performance here? I think that both her and Eric are on 20 here like they're both like really revved up and um i think it was strong and i haven't seen her in anything else so i don't know how this really compares to other things that she's done um but i was also impressed i think there are a couple places where i don't think this is her performance or eric's performance but there are a couple places where I wonder if I was the director, I might actually have them tone it down and go for something a little less over the top. But that's, again, it's easy to blame an actor for that. But I don't know. It's it's not that what they were doing was bad. I just felt like in some of the scenes, everything is ramped up in a way that it doesn't necessarily need to be. Again, I don't I don't think that's them. I think that's just the director just wants. I mean, the whole movie they're they're so fucking intense. And And I guess that's supposed to add to the feeling of uh being unsure about what is real but uh, you know whatever but i was definitely impressed with her and and i kind of liked the you know the twist that involves her i actually liked that and thought it fit her character in a really interesting way yeah she does play into the very ending of the movie and i have to admit that as it was leading into that final 20 minutes a half hour and remembering back to the very first scene where for those who haven't seen love is a gun it starts with eric roberts with a gun to his head on the phone he notices a ring on uh, on a table in front of him and he suddenly decides not to shoot himself instead and that then leads into the rest of the movie that uh, that occurs it's a very striking opening sequence uh and in fact i have to say whatever my reservations about this movie and i don't think they are as heavy as as steph's reservations uh, I think I would have liked to have seen more from this director. He does seem to have had a sort of, I mean, it's very much a mid-90s style, but uh, considering that he didn't really go on to do anything else, at least that is uh, is uh, listed on IMDb, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more of what he had to say, especially because he wrote this as well, and there's some interesting dialogue here. I want to talk briefly about Arlie Ermey. Uh, he, of course, best known as the drill instructor from the classic Full Metal Jacket. He passed away this past week. He also uh, acted, what, for uh, 30 years after that in a variety of roles. Just want to go to each of you and ask you about uh, your favorite Arlie Ermey performance. And it certainly could be Full Metal Jacket. I'm going to stick with you for a second here, Liam. What, what about you? I, now, I know that you forgot what his name was just a second ago, which was a real insult to someone who just passed away. But uh, what, what was your favorite <laughs> Arlie? <laughs> what is your favorite Arlie Ermey uh, performance? I mean, the one that I remember... Okay, maybe you can help me with this, actually. Sure. It feels like it. a lot of times he is asked to just re- recreate. Absolutely. Right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's hard for me not to just say, or even when I think of other things he's done, all I'm thinking of is Full Metal Jacket in the sense that uh, whatever he's doing is just a version of that. So I don't know that I'm... Um, an expert on other things, <sighs> other things that he's done that aren't just a version of Full Metal Jacket. Um, I, I so. think that's that's very, that's very fairly. I mean, again, it it is the role that made him famous, and it's it's still the role that everyone remembers. I don't think there's anything wrong about saying that that's the role that you connect him with the most. And uh, though I did want to just stick with you just for a second, Liam. Since his death, 
it seems like a lot of of military uh, Twitter feeds and uh, and and some right wing type uh, representatives. It, they've really sort of uh, proselytized. Proselytized? That's not the word. Uh, they've they sort of um, shown great tribute to him as an actor and particularly that role. But that. Anyone who's ever seen Full Metal Jacket knows that his character is is not meant to be a good guy or representative of how uh, of of how that that should be played in real life. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you, don't you think though? I, I I'm in my opinion, it became uh, what I would call Freddyized. Mm. You know, the original Freddy is a horrible child molesting scumbag, but he's so witty though over time. That like it's cool and kids should think he's cool. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like that even though that character in that role in that original film is not a pro-war message, it became such an iconic thing for him to do that people kind of forgot that aspect of it, that it was like a negative. And and I also don't know much about him. I don't know what his is it just that that the that particular role or is it also because of who he was? Because I don't that's know. That's true. That's actually a really good question because I think he actually hosted like a reality show about military weapons and things like that. And of course he was a he was an actual military instructor himself, which is how he got the role in Full Metal ja- Full Metal Jacket. But I think I think you're you're actually spot on there, Liam, which is that people remember the famous lines and the performance and they forget the fact that, say, he's murdered in that half of the movie, or that it's all about the dehumanization of that military training. Steph, do you have any thoughts on that particular uh on the particular kind of right wing embracing of Arlie Ermy? Or and do you have a favorite, a favorite Arlie Ermey role? Well, for the whole right wing thing, I think there's just some things when you get extremists, they'll just uh, cherry pick certain things because there's a certain glamour and they're able to kind of laser focus on that. Um, like I think of um, an American history X, uh, Edward Norton, you'll see like a lot of skinheads will like have posters of him and stuff, even though at the end he leaves all of that behind. So right. I don't know. I think a lot of times the I, the iconography is strong enough. They're like, okay, that's enough for me. That's fair enough. Now, how about Ar- Ar- Arlie Ermey as an actor? Do you have any role that, that you particularly enjoy him in? I do. I watched him a few days before he died. I finally got around to seeing Fletch Lives. Right. <laughs> and he, right. he plays an evangelical uh, preacher in that. And he seemed to have a lot of fun in it. And I wasn't used to seeing him that animated all the time. So I, I would point that one out. And I really liked him in the Willard remake with Absolutely. Crispin Glover. I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> sure you yeah. will, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's terrific in that. Yeah, that for some reason, he always really stood out in that movie for me. Well, not for some reason. He's amazing in it. And, you know, especially when rats are eating him, he really sells it. (laughs) Uh, I was also going to throw out a couple of other roles. Uh, He, of course, appears in uh, Peter Jackson's The Frighteners uh, in a very similar role to his uh, famous Full Metal Jacket role, as well as... Mm-hmm, that's right, as a ghost, as well as uh, David Fincher's Seven, he appears probably not in a very memorable role, but he's quite good there. And I actually think he's terrific in this. He plays a very interesting, I mean, again, 
not that far removed from his most famous role, but still a, a cop who is racist, who is very uh, obnoxious and is yelling at all of these photographers. But I did like at the very end when he brings Eric Roberts to see um, what ends up being the, the, the lifeless body of this woman that he's been pursuing. And Eric Roberts has this kind of mental breakdown in front of him. His response is so amusing where he's like he doesn't understand <laughs> at first eric roberts is upstairs like what are you saying to me and then he's like hey is there anywhere i could take you right and also just the very fact that he's he tells him that he's can buy him buy him breakfast but it's got to be a drive-thru because they got to go to a 187 anyway i enjoy arlie Ermey very much in this movie uh i actually think he's a very talented actor maybe in a very limited way but he was always a very welcome presence in the movies that i saw him in and it's, it's gonna be uh, it's a shame that we will never get to see that again uh, I do want to talk. Mm, sorry, Liam, were you going to add something? I didn't say anything. I thought you made a sound. Did you make a sound? Oh, I, I think I was just going to compliment his mustache, but. He has a tremendous mustache. And Liam, I'm sorry that I accused you of making a sound when it was actually Steph making a sound about how she wanted to talk about his mustache. Uh, I apologize. I just no thought need it was to worth mentioning. Look, a podcast is all about sound. Without sound, <laughs> we have nothing. It'll sound like a Cinepunks episode, right, Liam? I hate you so much. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Eric Roberts, the actor. He is the show in uh, Love is a Gun from the year 1994. Yeah, we've talked about some other performances here, but this is uh, this is like a primo, top-of-the-line Eric Roberts showing every emotion uh, up to like he's as uh, as Liam has already mentioned, he's also pitched very high in this movie, very high energy performance. You get to see him do just about everything you want to see Eric Roberts do, including have sex, including look out the window while you can see his bare behind. There's just lots of Eric Roberts stuff. He's even fingering someone's brain hole at one point. Just a really interesting thing to have to watch. Starting with our guest, Dev, I want you to talk. Now, I know that you've had some issues with the movie. Very understandable. But tell us what you thought about Eric Roberts' performance in this movie. Okay. I I don't want to seem like what? I'm just crapping <laughs> on the movie. Oh, boy. Because there's a certain kind of film that it it's so disorienting that there's almost something kind of seductive about it. Right. And I start buying into it. And it's logic or lack of logic. And Love is Again definitely did that to me. I surrendered to it. And... <laughs> Eric Roberts, from the voice he uses, which I tried to place throughout the whole thing. I was like, is it an accent? <laughs> Did he maybe have a stroke like two years before like his character and he worked that in? I couldn't quite figure it out. But gosh, was it memorable. <laughs> I really spent a lot of time trying to figure out uh, his choice with the voice there. Um, yeah, it, it was really interesting because there's a lot about him that was very childlike, uh, especially when he was working with uh, Eliza Roberts' character. Right. It was very much that like, oh, oh gosh, I, I'm sorry. You'll have to forget. I'm trying, baby. <laughs> hey, down at work, we're doing a photo contest. I can't <laughs> it, you know? It's just... <laughs> There's such like an enduring childhood or childlike uh, thing to this. But like you said, there there's a fairly explicit sex scene in it. Uh, there's a good amount of violence. Uh, but like quick as a switch, he'll he'll like curl up on the couch and read cute little things he wrote. And 
Um, yeah, I said disorienting already. Um, I <laughs> his, his acting really matches uh, how little sense this movie makes. Like, I I don't think you could hire an actor who's boring to have played this part. This is the part I could honestly say, I'm not trying to kiss up to you guys. Only mm-hmm. Eric Roberts could have pulled this guy off. You know what? In some ways, it's the ultimate Eric Roberts role. I know that's a big statement to make, but I, I think that's a, that's a very well-observed thing. I was just thinking of that sequence in the movie where he's sitting on a couch and he's watching a soap opera. And the soap opera plays out a scene that he actually experienced in his own life just a little bit before that. It plays out almost word for word with the characters on the screen. And he just starts, he's like laughing hysterically at how this is kind of echoing his real life. And then after it's over, we discover that he's sitting. It pulls out. It pulls out and he's the middle of the crime scene that he's supposed to be taking photographs of. And then someone comes in and is like, did you do the bathroom? He's like, ah, yeah, I just got to go do that. And then he takes a picture of of these corpses that are in the room. Yeah, the corpse is right next to him. Some very explicit corpses in this. Also, I just thought of that part where... Again, it, it would take too much elaboration. But anyway, this this woman comes upon a crime scene and she's crying because her son has been killed. But then she sees the body and she's like, that's not my son. Which I also thought was very amusing. <laughs> Liam, Eric Roberts, he's a heck of an actor. I really do like him. Uh, I, I, that might surprise some of the listeners of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. What did you think of his performance in this movie? Uh, Really great. I well, it's funny because we were you were sort of saying maybe this is like the an ultimate Eric Roberts performance, and he talked and we talked with him on that very special episode about um, playing bro- playing broken people, like playing people who are desperate. And what I thought was interesting is that the that aspect of this character is brought entirely by him. Like if you really think about it, this movie doesn't actually give us a backstory or any sort of explanation of who this person is. Like we, at least for me, I felt I found myself sort of filling in aspects of who this person is in the film because of how Eric Roberts is playing him, not because of what the film is showing me, which is not very much at all. He's, he's got a lady friend. He's clearly been unfaithful. He's clearly um, uncomfortable working for police and, uh, and then as soon as he meets this um, young blonde woman, uh, he's obviously attracted to her. That's 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 kind of what we get a- until things start to unravel. Um, but Eric Roberts' performance, it's it made me think of Paul's case. It made me think of uh, – that's right, right? Paul's case? Absolutely. Yeah. It made me think of uh, a little bit of Star 80. It, it just made me think of – the way that Eric Roberts um, can bring characters like this to life who are very animated, very um, in some ways vulnerable, but there's a certain like, uh, I don't know, this this character is a little less slimy at first, but he definitely gets down towards the desperate end, toward, towards the <laughs> end. Anyways, I just think Eric Roberts feels more alive to me in this than in a lot of the things we watch where – they have Eric Roberts playing silent tough guy. Yeah. I'm so fucking tired of silent tough guy Eric Roberts at this point. I, Absolutely. I, I don't know how you can watch a performance like this and then write a script for him where it's just like Eric Roberts stares menacingly out a window. Eric Roberts, <laughs> Eric Roberts says, okay, sure. Like, no, man, like have him freak out, please. Like that's really where I feel like he's his most what I want to see. 
Oh, sorry, were you finished? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a rough ending, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're absolutely... I mean, again, you're, you're right, Liam. I like to see Eric Roberts filled with nervous energy. I think his best roles feature him as a nervy, you know, pitched-up type character, whether it be the Pope of Greenwich Village, whether it be Star 80, whether it be King of Gypsies to a certain extent, you know, or, or the ambulance even. This is a, a, a guy who comes alive when he's given energetic things to do. And you're right, we've seen too many villain roles... Which are just either just like smarmy, drawl Eric Roberts, uh, or just menacing looking out a window. <laughs> I think it's a good way of putting it. This is the Eric Roberts I like to see, and we haven't seen him uh, uh, enough recently. So what a pleasure it was for me to watch Eric Roberts in Love is a Gun. But that does bring us to the question, the central question of this very podcast, which is whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 1994's Love is a Gun. I'm gonna start with you again, Liam. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in this movie? Definitely. Without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. Very strong recommendation. Over to you, Steph. Eric Roberts, fucking man or no? Fucking man. Even with your reservations about the film, you think that he is the fucking man. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, just because it was a weird-ass movie uh, doesn't <laughs> mean he was... In fact, I think that gives him more credit. Um, he he was kind of uh, my weird touchstone and he, oh, his character's name's Jack Hart. And for some <laughs> reason, I just love that. That <laughs> Like playing a guy named Jack Hart in a movie called Love is a Gun. Of course you're the fucking man. Are you kidding me? That's, that's very well, well put. And before we go to our final break, I'm just going to ask another bonus question, starting with you, Steph. Is Eliza Roberts the fucking woman in this movie? She is the fucking woman. And she uh, ends up uh, having her own love scenes with a fellow named Claudio. So I would uh-huh. think she, she came out on top, definitely. <laughs> they even let them have one good fuck at the end before they arrest <laughs> they're, her. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, just, just let him finish. <laughs> His name's Claudio. I mean, come on. <laughs> Liam, is, is Eliza Roberts the fucking woman? Yeah, she's great in this. Uh, and the idea that she, her revenge was to um, stage this murder was pretty great. Fucking man, fucking woman. The Roberts, on the day after Eric Roberts' birthday, they are the fucking man and fucking woman together. I think it's a pretty glorious, beautiful thing, Liam. I'm so glad that we were all t- able to experience this together. Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 1994's Love is a gun. I think this one is well worth seeking out. I don't think it's particularly well-reviewed or anything along those lines. I think it's a bit of a, a hidden gem in the Eric Roberts filmography for a lot of people. Obviously, well-regarded by the man himself. Uh, why don't you seek it out if you do like it, or even if you don't like it, why don't you let us know over on our Twitter page, at E-R-I-T-F-M. We're going to take our final break. When we return, we're going to talk to Steph, we're going to talk to Liam, and then we're going to say good night. <laughs>
And that was episode number 73 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to give a massive thanks to our delightful guest, Stephanie Crawford, who has come on a Thursday evening, taking a huge chunk out of her schedule to talk about a movie she didn't even really like that much and a sitcom that she likes but didn't really care for the episode that much. But she's here because she loves Eric Roberts and she loves Eric Roberts as the fucking man. Stephanie, where can people find you on the internet? Where can people check out your work? Um, I would just go straight to Twitter where I'm scrawfish and everything I do, I put there. So that's pretty much the place to go right now. She is an ace follow on the old Twitter. You would be very silly not to follow her on Twitter. I think Liam would agree, but Liam is a bit of a fuddy-duddy. Liam, do you follow Stephanie on Twitter? Boy, what a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Oh, Liam does. I thought I was throwing him under the bus, but instead he climbed on the bus and he took control of it. Good job, Liam. Liam, you can find Stephanie's work over at Scrawfish on Twitter, which of course we'll link in the show notes. Where can people find your crazy ass work liam uh cinepunks.com p-u-n-x now i believe you're also on twitter isn't that correct you always uh, yes i'm on t- <laughs> i'm on twitter <laughs> at liam rules uh if people for some strange reason want to follow me there they're more than welcome to of course now that's l-i-a-m-r-u-l-e-s <laughs> you're such a fucking fuck r-u-l-z Oh, okay, of course. Sorry, Liam. proper spelling. We spell it right here in America. If you want to find out more about Eric Roberts is the fucking man, you can go over to ericrobertsisthemancom and check out our latest episodes. And you can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you would like. Uh, You can check us out on Facebook. Just do a search for Eric Roberts is the man on there. Of course, follow us on Twitter. That's at E-R-I-T-F-M. You can also follow the man himself, Eric Roberts, at Eric Roberts on Twitter. Why don't you follow me, Doug Tilly, on Twitter? That's at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. You can also check out my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, over at NoBudgetPodcast.com. Our latest episode is about 2011's The Taint. And if you haven't seen that movie, wow, it's a crazy one. Even crazier than Love is a Gun. But with that all said, it's time to wrap up the Eric Roberts bag. Close it up for another week. We'll be back very soon with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Good night. Night. I didn't ask everyone to say goodnight. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can. 